Welcome to the Next Level American Dream podcast, brought to you by Thompson Multifamily Group. Your hosts, Abigail and Sean, will discuss how you can take your American dream to the next level through real estate investing, business practices, and personal development. Join us as we share our experiences as a father-daughter duo who are trying to accomplish their goal of financial freedom. We hope you learn more about how to define and achieve your American dream. Here's another episode of Next Level American Dream. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to the Next Level American Dream podcast. Before I introduce our guest today, I want to take some time to ask you to subscribe if you haven't already and like, comment, rate, and review on your favorite platform. Today, Sean sat down with Travis Oglesby. In the interview, Travis talks about how he approaches capital raising and exit strategies he's finding most profitable right now. If you learned something from our episode today, please recommend the show to a friend. It helps us grow. For more information on our sponsor, Thompson Multifamily Group, visit thompsonmultifamilygroup.com to start taking your American dream to the next level through passive investing. Hi, Travis. Uh, thanks for coming on the Next Level American Dream podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, for sure, man. Better than I deserve. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's good. Um, well, we, we just talked a whole bunch of before we got on this, on the show to start recording the show. So hopefully we didn't use up all of our good material, just having a conversation, getting caught up. You know, we haven't, you and I haven't talked in so long that we had a lot, we had a lot to catch up on. We, and we, I'm, I'm sure there's a thousand things we didn't meet, get to yet. So, but uh, let's talk about the podcast. So let's, uh, tell the listeners kind of, uh, your background and, uh, where you guys, uh, where you kind of came through the real estate business and then where you are now. Yeah, so just a little background about me. So 31, grew up in Illinois, was a, I did out of school, I was a medical sales rep. So I did some orthopedics, consumables. So it kind of helped give me like that sales background, but kind of probably like most people, you know, always wanted to do more. So ended up starting a relocation business with one of my partners who I'm still with today fell flat on our face several times with that but we still you know it kind of did some good to be able to kind of start a company put some formulations behind it and just kind of fail and then one day we just mentioned like hey man i'm kind of interested in buying houses are you and of course everybody is right so we ended up kind of talking about that more and then you know we met you know mike Hambright and we ended up, you know, he ended up mentoring us and kind of taking us under his wing and teaching us a little bit about real estate and really giving us like a foundation. So fast forward through, you know, a couple years of a lot of struggling, a lot of grinding in the wholesaling and flipping world and a lot of, you know, great, great mistakes and costly mistakes. We end up today, so we operate our business out of Georgia and South Carolina. It's me, Sam and Vic. There's three partners. We do anywhere between you know at the beginning of the year we were probably doing two to five deals a month wholesaling and fixing and flipping today you know we go anywhere between seven and 12 deals a month and our primary exit strategy today for acquiring is a sub two we'll also still take down cash but our sole exit strategy today is owner financing to those who can't uh, get home ownership so we have a we have a cool program. It's like a seven year home ownership program. So our goal is you know to say yes to people like who all the banks um, tell them no. So we're pretty proud of like where we're at today. We've only been doing it for almost yeah four years now. So we've still got a lot of things that we need to learn, but we're 
we've been doing this owner financing strategy to homeowners now since March and man, we love it. It's, it's great financially, but also it, you know, it enables others to, to own their homes. Right. So it's pretty cool. Well, I want to talk about that for sure. That strategy you're using, because it's, it's an interesting one and it's a, it's a bit of an advanced strategy, I think in, in the single family real estate business. So we'll talk about that more. I want to rewind a little bit and just talk about, because we, we, we went pretty quickly through your kind of evolution there. Did you always know that you wanted to be sort of an independent business owner or what was your kind of path as you, as you came out of school and started that, that company? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I really knew. I think I always had like a big gray area of what I wanted to do, you know, who, who I wanted to be. And so, you know, I went, I got my undergrad, did that, played sports in college. So didn't pay a ton of attention to schoolwork and then got out of school and didn't really know what I wanted to do either. So I just, I went to grad school. So decided, you know, going a little bit further into debt would probably be a good idea um, <laughs> at that time. So got done with grad school and picked up, you know, I, I, be, I was an LDP and like leadership development program for, you know, one of those big fancy companies. And man, it was fun, you know, really traveled around a lot, got to do, learned a lot of good things on strategy wise, but it's, it's, like it never felt fulfilling and I struggled to sit in a position for like more than a year and a half like that was my max was sitting in an occupation for more than a year and a half so I would job hop and you know I would go out and do the interviews and try to you know you get those 5, 10, 15, 20 whatever it was thousand dollar pay increases but it, it never mattered you know I was always all I did was you know I still spent whatever we made and just never really man just never felt satisfied so I feel yeah. like now, you know, I, I have the satisfaction of, you know, getting to wake up and like do, do the things that we want to do, which is kind of similar to you. Like my days are how I want to be. I'm at my house. You know, as soon as we get off this podcast, I'm going to the CrossFit gym. So it's, I think I just, I always struggled being told specifically what to do. And I guess, you know, I got lucky and ended up, you know, being able to tell myself what I wanted to do every day. But to answer your original question, man, I just struggled working for people. I wasn't a great employee. I, I wanted autonomy and I, and I struggled to get that with other people. Yeah. I'd rather work with them than for them, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah the, and we, we talked to Vic, Vic's one of your partners and uh, you guys, you guys kind of stumbled into real estate as a, as by accident, almost but like you said, just as a conversation one day, you guys are like, anybody you want to buy a house kind of thing almost. Yeah. So talk about that evolution to you. So when you guys finally did decide, Hey, let's, let's try this house buying thing. How did it develop into, Hey, maybe this will work as a business for us. How did, how did you kind of hit that transition? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the evolution is kind of, I mean, well, I'll just, I'll give you the rundown of what it looked like. So we had, we all had the interest within it. Right. And we all went together and it's kind of funny. We always call it like the $5,000 house. Like we all were like, Sam, you got 5,000, Vic, you got 5,000, Trav, you got 5,000. Let's buy this rental property. And that's where it first began. We still all joke about that. Like you got, and everybody probably barely had 5,000, you know, right, or had yeah. to borrow it from somebody. And so that was like the very first like intro. I still remember being on the conference calls, you know, Sam and I originally started it, but, Vic is just a, he's just a, man, well, you know him, like some other people would probably see this. He is just a very 
Like he's just, you talk to Vic and you like know that you want to work with him. He's yeah. just a talented. He's, you know, he's very skilled. He was cosmopolitan, like Air Force, you know, what Playboy or whatever, you know, at that time. So he, he's just a really, he's a really talented guy. So, you know, you want to work with him. So we, you know, all began working together and lo and behold, we were going to um, Georgia to meet up and like kind of begin the discussions and really try to figure out you know, how to market to find a house because we were all on Zillow, you know, trying to find a house to buy. And it was, it just wasn't seeming to pan out at that time. And during, while I was going there and coming back continuously, I was slacking at my job as expected and I got fired from it. So, you know, had this great medical sales job or so I thought, and was just instantly fired. And fortunately my now wife, and this is kind of leading to the evolution of where we are today. Fortunately, my wife, she was in school and a waitress. And I just kind of asked her like, hey, would it be okay if I didn't go back to work and tried this for six months? And so, you know, after getting my teeth kicked in, crying a little bit, you know, feeling like I was pretty worthless, I went and lived on in Sam's house with him and his wife and three dogs in Athens, Georgia and lived on his couch. Uh, for six months while my girlfriend, who's my now wife, paid our mortgage, went to school full-time and waitress laid into like the night to pay our bills. She gave me money to live on. I remember she gave me like three or 400 bucks a month, which was plenty for living on somebody's couch. And I remember I had a gym membership for 10 bucks a month. So was able to do that. I drove for dollars every, twice per day. I still remember doing that. I was racking up so many miles on his truck. And then we kind of began actually direct mail marketing to people. So I was full-time in the business. Sam and Vic both had full-time jobs. So we did that for a while. About six months, it started to work. We got a couple of deals. We got a couple of wholesale deals, but weren't making enough to where it's still everybody could get by. I took another medical sales job where I was just managing some reps able to still you know, do that for a few hours a day, but I'll still focus on the business. Well, we ended up, you know, starting to do a few flips. We bought three homes from one woman that we flipped and we did really well on all three. You know, I think we, we made close to 30 or $40,000 net on each property. And we did them all within, you know, a very short time frame, which was unbelievable money to us. And we continuously kept doing deals and it put us in a position to where you know, I was still actively working, but didn't have to put as much time into it. And that this is about two years in Sam had decided to, you know, Hey, we you know, got $40,000 in the bank. I think we can set that aside for pay. I think it's time you exit your job because he had a, you know, a really good job or well, a good paying job at that time doing a supply chain management. So he left and then began uh, working in our business full time. So it was like the dumbest thing we ever did. Then he went and started doing rehabs solely. So he was swinging a hammer instead uh -huh. of generating leads and generating money. So after doing that for six months, we about drained all the money we had. And then he just had to go make it happen. And I remember in like March, two years into our business, we turned on direct mail pretty heavy. And I think Sam bought himself seven or eight homes in one month because we had no options. We were running out of money. And he bought seven or eight homes. We wholesaled quite a few of them and really got back up and running. 
And then it just kind of continued from there. You know, Vic left his job. I left my job at that time. Now we're all, you know, full-time in the business. And there's so many, you know, crazy things like learn screw ups and putting driveways in wrong people's yards and just doing all the wrong things. But, you know, we seem to have done a few right things in between, in between there as well. Well, yeah, so that's, a, that's a long winded evolution, man. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's great. I appreciate the details there. You guys, have, you guys have done obviously something right because the three of you are now, you know, working from wherever locations you want. I, I know Vic's in California, you're in Illinois and where, Sam's on the road, right? Yeah, he's in he's in Nashville, Tennessee, on a lake. So he's yeah he's been there for a few, you know a week or so. I think he's gonna hang out there a few more days, and then he's gonna come hang out with me here for a while. And you know, and I think he's headed to Sedona. So so you guys uh, are able to run your business from all over the country in in you know in Georgia and uh, South Carolina, whereas yeah. your primary those are your primary markets. But you guys have figured out a way to have that independence from your business a little bit. You still run everything but you don't have to be on site all the time. So, I mean, you're obviously doing something good, right? Yeah. Well, we did, you know, we did spend, my wife and I, we spent three years in Georgia. We house hacked in a duplex for a while. And then when she became pregnant, we moved into a home. And then when she became pregnant again, we sold our home and wanted to move closer to some grandparents. So that's what put us there. So, but man, it was, it was really cool. Cause when that time like came and, you know, we kind of started doing things virtual and then COVID sort of put like a little bit of a pinch on doing things virtual and it made us just commit. And all of a sudden, you know, we realized like we don't have to like be there. Right. And there's so many, you know, so many people want to help. So many people want to make money and like so many people want to learn and be involved. And all of a sudden it just, our acquisition managers aren't even there, you know, anymore. They buy 100% virtually, they lock them up virtually. And then our contracting team steps in. And we'll do any rehabs necessary or assist us in, you know, owner financing the home out. Right. So it's pretty cool. I never thought, like, I always heard of people doing things virtually. And I was like, oh, how you do that? And it sounds I'll, scary. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's intimidating, you know. And then you, you wake up one day and you're like, oh, I'll be damned. I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Setting in a deer stand, buying and selling houses. So, <laughs> so you guys buy, you now buy everything virtually. And then you were saying a moment ago, your, your exit strategy has become, as opposed to like wholesales and fix and flips and rental properties, you're, you're doing primarily an owner finance strategy where you guys purchase the house, put some sort of debt against it, whether it's a sub two debt or investor debt or something like that. And then you uh, sell that to someone else that can't necessarily get traditional funding from a bank or mortgages. And right. you, you guys, you guys uh, sort of, carry that mortgage forward on your own. And then that allows people that maybe can't, you know, like I said, can't get the traditional funding to, to buy the house that they want and, and to have a place that they like to live in. So kind of talk about your strategy there, you know, how you guys are implementing that and, and, and how it's working for you. Yeah. So I'll, I'll touch on the first piece, like we like it and then help me if I get to ramble and Sean, on like the next piece of it, but it's like the reason the reason why we like purchasing a home, whether it's we take over the underlying mortgage subject to, or whether we take it over cash and selling it to another buyer, right? Who can't get traditional financing. The reason why we like it is because I feel like it's a wholesale deal, a rental deal and a flip deal. And I'll explain that. But so whenever we buy a home, let's just assume we take it over subject to. So they have an underlying mortgage at four or 5% that I'm now making the payments on for them. 
So we'll make the home nice and then we'll list it for sale. I sell them through Bandit Signs, Facebook, Craigslist type thing. And I have a whole system that makes that run. And I can touch on that too at the end. But the reason why I like doing this now versus fix and flip and why it's our sole strategy is because when we sell a home owner financed, we get a down payment. Okay, our down payments range anywhere between five and $25,000. So that's my wholesale deal, right? And then it has a monthly cash flow because we have to charge a higher interest rate than what a normal bank would. So it has a type of cash flow in between there. So there's your rental property, right? Whether it cash flows 100, 200, 300, you know, we have properties that cash flow 700 a month because they were bought so deep. So there's your cash flow per month. So now you got your wholesale and your rental. And then there's an equity spread because if we buy something, whenever we own or finance it, we sell it 10% above what market value is because there's such a high demand for it. And, you know, we get hundreds of inquiries every single time we list a home. So I have my wholesale deal for my down payment on the front end. I have my cash flow from the monthly payments. And then there's an equity spread. If it's 20, 30, 50, $70,000, that at some point, whether they refinance, sell, or you know, whatever they wanna do with the home or sell, sell it to somebody else themselves, then I get that entire equity pop. So there's my flip. So and we try to get it done within seven years anyway, as far as their refinance program, repairing their credit, so they can refinance out and get a lower interest rate. So that's why we like the strategy so much is I feel like it, it encompasses three deals in one. So yeah, that's interesting. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah, that's why, that's why today, you know, it's like when we were chatting earlier, like, you know, multifamily has, it just, I love that type of stuff. My, what I do with my income that I have is I'll buy just duplexes. So I try to buy one duplex a quarter for tax write-offs and tax purchases and everything. But, you know, I hope one day to be kind of venturing into the multifamily. But today, you know, with having no experience in that, like this is the best strategy that I have found to do real estate so far for us. Once I find a better one, then I'll segment to that one. But that's why these are my absolute favorite deals today. Yeah. And the, and the, I guess the, the net result is that you've, you've sort of helped someone get out of a property that they may be not, may be struggling to keep up with. You've got, like you said, you've got a wholesale, a fix and flip and a, and a rental income stream out of the one deal you're doing. And then you're helping someone on the back end get into a home that they do want that they can then sort of raise their family in or, or live in and, and yeah. conduct their life, you know? So it's, 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 I guess, front to back, it's, it's like a, that's a, it's a really solid strategy. And it seems like it's, I, I really like the way you describe it there. That that's interesting. I never thought of it in that, in that three income sort of source model. Yeah. I never think of it that way, you know, because the uh, owner yeah. finance is, it's a lot more complicated uh, on the disposition side, especially to kind of put those together. So I've, I've always kind of avoided them, but I, I like, I like the, that three, three income strategy thought process. Yeah. And it, it, it can get complicated for sure. And I mean, there, there's tenants in place sometimes. So like I have to hold the property as a rental and that kind of stinks most of the time. There's not a, if I have to take it down cash, you know, it's not really a profitable deal. Although it probably has a $40,000 equity spread in it. So I'm willing to break even and hold that note for the given time just to break even. So at a later date, I can collect that equity. And it's just, it's a, I don't know, man. It's a really, it's a really cool way to like do it. And I feel like it hits all three things. And I just, I don't see how you can really, I don't see how you can beat it. And so here's a, here's a huge factor into this. That's like, 
you know, like people always talk about don't count on appreciation. So like, that's fine. But here's a cool thing. So many of these notes that we take over when we take them over subject to the underline, you know, they have three, four percent. We even have one that's at two percent interest rate. Those are all the time between five and 18. Go ahead. Sorry, you, you said they're at two percent and then your Internet kind of cut out there. Okay better they're at two percent and then and then you went like this can you start from there yeah so like we can get in, you know a lot of these underlying mortgages are two three four five percent wherever they're at but also these mortgages they're like they're five to 18 years old so whenever you take over an 18 year old mortgage and then you create a 30-year mortgage what's that principal pay down look on those two that 18 year right. mortgage just flies down and this one obviously doesn't because it's a newer mortgage so then that your that equity remember that I was talking about that's the flip profit that just right. grows every month man and yeah, so the differential yeah. the differential is is expanded because of the time frame right exactly so it's you can't really it's just it's so neat man so whenever you take over an 18 year mortgage you know you're adding 4 or 5000 dollars to that equity every single month yeah. so it's it's really neat but okay, so that was like why we do it. What was the next part of like that question or that I could? Well, I was going to talk to you about you. So sometimes you'll put investors in the position of the underlying debt, right? So I guess that like your investors, someone that's wanting a decent return that's kind of secured with the, the property and then getting a decent, like I said, a decent return. Are, are you yeah. finding that your investors like being in that position because it's a longer term uh, commitment from their part, right? So are they, are they, how are you getting private investors involved in that? Do, do people strategically like that? Yeah. So here's what we do. So if we don't take over the underlying mortgage and we take it down cash. So I would put that investor in place at the return that we agreed upon, right? Whatever, whatever it falls into, I'll put him in place. Then I will go owner finance the deal. And then we work specifically with a company today who will refinance that deal based off of the income of the property. So I then pull that investor's money out and give it back to him. I, I usually secure uh -huh. it for 12 months. I give him the full first position. So he, he has full first position of the property on a cash deal. Okay. Yeah. So while you're getting the, pro while you're getting the property seasoned for a refinance against the income that it's generating. So your, mm -hmm. your, your, your investors aren't really in that property for the next 10 or 20 or 15 years they're, they're only in it for that time period. So it's, it's almost like a hard money loan, a exactly. traditional hard money loan for them. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a great way to do it. Cause yeah, then, so uh, we, we could use a hard, you know, we could use the lending, the whatever worlds you wanted to of hard money, but we just prefer to use the investors cause it's, it, they, they're taking first position. So it's, yeah. you know, if you're able to earn, you know, a 10, whatever the return is like without doing anything, you're in first position. And our exit strategies, we could flip the house if we wanted to, you know, like it's got enough equity and it's where we could flip it. I can rent it, but I tell you what I'm actually going to do. I'm going to owner finance this thing and I'm going to provide home ownership to somebody who couldn't normally do that. Right. And just being able to like show them like how we're different. And it's, it, it's just worked out really well. And Vic is able to, you know, I mean, I guess we are selling it to people, right? But it's more so I'm just giving you the opportunity to invest with us. Right. It's just, it's really attractive to people because it's, it, it's a, 
it's a known time frame of when their money is going to come out rather versus a flip like it's very dependent upon the economy like if the economy dropped you know what actually i've never seen the economy drop so i don't know what would happen but i would assume you know the way we finance homes would stick around and banks wouldn't be able to lend as much well it's so. pretty much a, it's pretty much a flip loan like you're you're that would be the same that would be the same program i would do with a, a private investor with me if i were doing a rehab that i was going to retail you know you put them in a position where they fund the project and then and then you just pay them out at the sale right so essentially you're kind of doing the same thing you put someone in a in a position where they're funding this this transitional period right yep. where you're you're taking the property down you're fixing it you're selling it and then you're getting it seasoned a little bit so they're actually in the property for a little bit of extra time over and above like a, maybe, maybe depending on the sale, right? Of course, over and above a flip loan, but it, it seems like it would be very consistent. Once you kind of get it seasoned, you know, you have an exit with their, their funding with, with the lender that you work with now that then carries that forward into the long-term future. Right. So yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a great strategy. I was thinking you, I hadn't talked to Vic about it or you about it yet before, but I was thinking that you had investors in for long term, long-term loans, which sometimes for a lot of people, it's hard to kind of see that far in advance on a, on a cash loan like that to someone. So I was, I was curious how that was working, but the way you're doing, it sounds like a, an excellent way of doing it because you, you can get your investors a better return that way. It's a shorter term loan. Uh, better interest yeah. rates. And then you have, a, like you said, a clear defined exit, which is, which is, it's visible, right? It's, it's not so far in the future that you can't sort of really, really see yeah. it. They can't like feel it, you know, like they know right. in six months they're going to get their nice, you know, checks or if we're paying monthly preferred on the back end. but right. it's really neat, man, because whenever we go to refinance, like, and we, we have yet to complete the refinance process yet on them. However, we just started 14 of them this morning. I went through with Sam. So we're just taking them like big blocks of properties and saying like, hey, let's refinance this group under a portfolio type thing. Right. And we're just going to do that every month, just bring them a block of properties and, and refinance them. So we're just doing one loan. But, you know, it's... I. I just, I really like it. And then the guys, you know, it makes the, it just enables us to pay the investor like a better rate because right. it's not like, Hey, I can't pay you 10% over 30 years, you know, but I could pay, you know, we can pay you whatever percent over six and 12 months. And they, they love it. I mean, myself personally, like I don't really want my money. I want my money working permanently, but a lot of those guys, they want to, you know, they want to test you first. They want it in for six months right back out. So it's, it's pretty well, neat. Yeah. A 10 year commitment is a, is a, that's a commitment, right? So a 10 year, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're trying to do 10 year mortgages, that's, that's a big difference between, <laughs> a, between a six yeah. to nine or 12 months, you know, horizon. Yeah. Uh, so it's much more easier to, or it's much easier just to kind of per, swallow that as an investor to wanting to, wanting to have your money committed for 12 months is not a big deal yeah. for 10 years. That's a whole other, that's a whole other strategy decision yeah. you have to make. But Yeah. So it's, it's work, man. We, we really like it. Investors seem to like it too. Yeah, it sounds awesome. You know, I've, I've always kind of been a leery of, of owner finance. It's just, uh, there's a lot of moving pieces and, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of a solo person. I don't have a team like you do. So it's, you know, for me, I have to do everything. So anytime it becomes too intricate in my business, I start to shy away from it, you know? Yeah. So for me, that, that was always kind of something I, I didn't want to do. I, I like the component of income for me. You know, my, my business is driven by, can I earn monthly income? So the owner finance strategy being having that, that income component is very appealing for someone like me, but the complexity is always kind of 
kept me away, but the way you guys have it structured makes it sound so kind of efficient and, and streamlined that, you know, I, I probably should have been doing this for a long time. It sounds like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's semi-efficient, you know, we, we have a lot, there are a lot of moving parts and, you know, I'm in the process of bringing on like a disposition manager. Cause I really want to, I want to be able to, now that we've like, we have so many like testimonials of people being like, I'm so grateful, you know, thank right. you for being able to buy the home because I will set the mortgage at the rental rate every time. I set it at the rental rate of what the market rent should be. So, you know, hey, you know, Mr. Buyer, you know, would you rather rent this home or for the same price, would you rather own this home? Right. Now, the caveat is it does have to have a down payment, but, you know, it just, it gives people the option to do it, man. And it's so, it's so neat. It's so neat to be able to do that. And yeah, I want to do it for good. more people. You know, obviously, selfishly, it, re it creates a, a, an income for us as well, but it also, it's like, you know, it's like we're showing people a different way to be able to do it. Well, and everything's so dependent on FICOs. You know, there's a, there's a whole population of people that, that just cannot get uh, traditional funding because they've had a medical issue or they've, you know, they had, they just had a loss of a job temporarily, you know, and your FICOs, you know, your, your credit score gets, gets killed for six months or something. And then you, you, it takes you three years to recover from that. Right. You know, so there's, cool. there's a whole um, mass of people out there that they're kind of stuck in this, you know, they're, they're, they have great jobs. They've, 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 they're not bad people. You know, it's not like they've done anything necessarily wrong. They just had a, a, a blip in their life and the credit score is just kills them, you know, so they can't get cards. They can't get homes. They can't rent homes. You know, they, they, they just are, are, are in this sort of no man's zone. And so I, I think this, this kind of funding for people that are in that position is, is excellent because they're, you know, they, they deserve to have a nice house to live in too, just like anybody else. But they just, yeah. if, if, if a bank looks at them and takes just this, like, you don't fit our box because your credit scores are terrible, then they don't have any other choices. Right. So you guys are giving them an alternative that, um, yeah. you know, puts them into a home that they like, but you know, it, it's equitable for everybody kind of involved. You guys are making money on it, of course, but you're, you're also allowing um, someone to get into a home that would not be able to get into anything at all, pro probably uh, the traditional path. So that's good. People should, if you like, you know, your listeners should try to Google like owner homes, owner finance, like in their area and see how many of them that they can find that are available for owner financing. And that will give, and then look at how many homes are for sale retail. That'll give you a good idea. And then also, you know, I don't, for, I don't know the exact number of people that can get bank financing, but it's relatively low. And you would not believe how many six figure earners have bought a home from us because they have, they either own a business and right. they don't have enough tax returns, which is the most common person out there. And then also it's the bad credit is the other one. It's just horrible credit. They still have a high income, either a family member, they've made a mistake, medical bills, just unexpected like medical bills. And we do all of our payment. We set everybody up online payment, ACH, and I do credit reporting. So it improves their credit score every month. So right. like we're trying to like, you know, we want them to cash out in seven years. That's good for us, but it's also good for them because they get a lower interest rate. So we want them to refinance and get out of it and then be able to, you know, have a lower interest rate, 30 year fixed mortgage in place, which are just 30 year fixed. It's just a higher interest rate. So it's, 
it's just nuts the amount of people that are out there that will inquire when I post something on Facebook, like I have, I have a disposition manager in place. I can put band signs out. I have the Facebook posts. I have call systems that like funnel everything in and then push everybody to the home. We'll have, I mean, it is not odd for a day. If a post is posted in the afternoon to have 10 showings that evening, it is not odd. Typically the homes literally sell in a day or two. Sometimes they'll take a few weeks, but it's insane the amount I'm starting to have them track the amount of in, inquiries they have just through Facebook. And it's over, it's been over a hundred for the first day every time. now. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. There's, I forgot about the component of, you know, the, someone that owns a small business that doesn't, doesn't technically have earned income, you know, yeah. banks will shy away from that. And you, you know, your business has to have, you know, balance sheets that are incredible for banks to lend to you, you know? Yeah. So it's, there's that whole component as well. Someone may not have, bad credit necessarily, but they don't have a traditional earned income because they're, they're, they're operating through a business, you know, yeah. uh, their life. So it, yeah, that's a whole other contingency. There's, there's plumbers out there that make six figures, but can't necessarily get a mortgage because they don't have the, you know, the W2 income. So. Yeah. Yep. Truck drivers has been one of our biggest funds lately. Truck yeah. Drivers. Those guys make a ton of money. Those guys kill it. I mean, they, the last two homes we've sold to, they've both been truck drivers. They have their families at home. You know, they have two or three kids. Like we try to do, we try to buy homes that have three plus bedrooms because I want a, I want a family to buy the home. Right. home. Yeah. Like I, I do want, I mean, everybody without a family should have a home as well, but I'm, <laughs> you know, but yeah. obviously, but it's just like, you know, with, I like the bigger homes because it gives the option for like kids to be able right. to live there. And I feel like, you know, putting them a little bit first is never like a bad idea. And one guy can buy a four bedroom house too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great strategy. I think it's amazing what you guys are doing. That's a that's a good business, and I, at your, the evolution to get there has been quite interesting, you know. And and I think you guys have gotten to a, re, a point of a refinement in in how you kind of sort of conduct conduct your business. It's it's really good. Well, let's talk about. I ask everybody on the on the show about you know what you what you define as the American dream for you. And then if you can share with people kind of a couple strategies that you guys uh, have used or you have used personally along the way, that's kind of helped you, you know, get to this level or get to the next level. Yeah. Okay. So I think, I think there's a, a bunch of different ways to answer both those questions, but I, I feel like to me, man, the, the, so I have a one-year-old and my wife is um, 20 weeks pregnant. I'm, you know, I'm just understanding what it's like to be like a father and a dad. So I definitely would say like my American dream um, is definitely, you know, in this, in these walls back here, for sure, within, within that family world. But, you know, also outside of, you know, looking, looking outside of that and, and becoming a father, I feel like it's really like, it's slowed me down a lot, both in things that I've been able to do and things that I want to do, but it's also like focused some attention in the and I feel like the American like us today is being able to go from because I don't even know if we've hit like the success uh, scenario yet at least not maybe to where we want to be at but what I want to do for like my American dream is to go from success to significance at some point and like Zig Ziglar said that's that's not my saying but it's always like or somebody probably before him too but it's like that's what I really want to do because I feel like if you're not helping others like what you're doing you know, you could be doing something better. So to me, like the American dream is being able to get up, 
have coffee with my wife out here in my sunroom. That's pretty cool. Go get our son up together, be able to do things, you know, not having to go to an office or, or anything like that. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But to me, that's what it looks like. And then being able to get, sit here, talk to my buddies on a podcast, share a little bit about what we get to do, go to the gym, come back, you know, help create a business that's helping others and, you know, learn how to do it to, for more people, basically. At least right. that's what it looks like to me today at 31. I, it probably changes every year, but that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. Well, it's just the freedom to, to, to operate the way you want to operate your life. Right. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. And what was the second part, Sean? What was the What's that? What was that second part? I think I was supposed to answer something else for you. Well, I'm just curious if you, there's a couple of things that you may be doing in your life that have, that have helped you or, or things that you may recommend. It could be a book or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Just some way to help other people say, hey, this is what has helped me make the transition from where I'm at to, to, to the next level in my life. Uh, yeah. Is there anything that you have maybe recommendations for people? Uh, three things without, you know, putting a ton of thought into it. There was three, th like three things, because I know we mentioned it right before. Three things that come to mind is, you know, I mean, everybody has their own stance on like faith. So I'd say mine, mine's pretty firm on that. You know, I read my Bible every night. I think it, it just, it's funny how relevant that book actually is whenever you actually take the time to read it. So that's been a huge component, man, of, you know, doing the right things and just understanding that anything and everything can happen. So that's a huge piece, you know, God and faith. And then, you know, my mornings are pretty solid. I have a pretty good routine. I love the miracle morning thing. The next is CrossFit, ironically, because it's a mind game to me. Um, it is, it requires like strength and fitness and all of that type of stuff. But I feel like it's a mental battle every day. So I really, really enjoy that. And man, the final one, it's literally just community. I have my huge support system with my wife. You know, she does an amazing job of, you know, helping me and letting me run all these ideas by her and letting me vent sometimes. But then it's, it's the team, Sam, Vic and Hunter. Those guys are just, they're impressive individuals. You know, they're, more powerful and you know they're just they're like they're the people that like I want to be like so being able to talk with them and work with them every day is just you know it's changed my life for sure yeah that's good so your 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 recommendation would be to, to sort of ground yourself with some sort of faith or something like that to work on your your mental you know learning things and stuff and then uh, work on yourself physically keep yourself healthy that's a good that's a good plan and then surround yourself yeah. with people that, that care about you and that, that, are, that are helping you along your path, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Perfect. so. I think that's a pretty generic. I think that's the pretty, like, normal answer, I feel like. But, man, that's literally, that is what my day looks like right there. Yeah. Every day. I do that every day. You know, and there's a lot of play in there. There's a lot of hunting in there, you know. But, like, that's what my days look like. No, that's good. That's perfect. Yeah, I do this podcast quite a bit, and I ask that same question. And everybody's, everybody's answers are pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody wants their, wants freedom to live their life the way they want. And if you don't take care of yourself physically, you just, you're not there for everybody else. And if you're yeah. not surrounded by people that are, that, that are, are supporting you, then, you know, either friends, family, everybody, it's really hard to kind of survive the, this, this business uh, as an independent business person, you know, in, in any business, you know, you're, you're going through stress. So if you don't have a support system and, and a network like that, you just, you're not going to make it, you know? So yeah. The, 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 those answers are pretty common because those are the, those are the tools that you need in your toolkit to, to be successful just in almost anything, I think. So, yeah, 
No, it's good. Yeah, perfect. It's cool, man. The saying them out loud too. That makes it. It makes you realize, like, oh hell, that is really what it is. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, well, if they're interested in, in maybe investing with you guys or learning more about you guys, I know you guys have a a RIA club in in Georgia, right? That you that you run and stuff. So, is there ways people can reach out to you guys? A website or something they can get more information about what you have going on. Yeah. So we run the Athens RIA like locally. So I always, I'll give out like our um, contact info as well. So people can reach out to us, but yeah, guys, like we raise money, you know, just like a lot of people do. However, we run the Athens RIA Facebook group and the Athens RIA. So we teach real estate every month. We're starting to teach more about the sub two stuff. We don't do any type of coaching or anything like that. We're, we're just, we're here to help, man. If we got the time, we'll definitely put it in with you. You can find me on Facebook. I'm Travis Oglesby. I always give out my phone number. This goes through my assistant, but it's it's 618-292-1213. If you guys are interested in, I don't even know what, if you're interested in loaning money or want to speak with us about certain things, we're just, we're here to help, man. We we run our own business, keep our own families above water and you know try to have a good time doing it. Yeah, that's good. So that if someone's interested in joining the RIA, they can they can go on Facebook and just uh, look up the Athens REIA RIA. Yeah, yep, and exactly. uh, that should take them to the Facebook page. The Facebook page is going to have the events and things like that too. So that's yep. good. Yep. Well, thanks, Travis. I really appreciate you coming on, man. It's, I haven't talked to anybody about the owner finance strategies yet. It, it was great having you uh, run through those things. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that, that didn't even know those things existed, but or did know they existed and didn't know exactly how well they worked. Uh, so I appreciate yeah. you sharing that with everybody. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks for having me, Sean. It's good getting to catch up too. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. And we'll have you back glad on and talk about it. What's that? I said, I'm glad to see you guys are doing so well too. This yeah, awesome. well, we're trying. We're trying. You know, I work I work on it all the time. So if, if you keep working, you, you can't help but win, right? I guess that's, that's <laughs> right. my philosophy anyway. Blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. So Right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks again, and, and we'll, we'll catch up with you on the next one, I hope. Yes, sir. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level American Dream. If you would like to learn more about what we talked about today, want to contact the team directly, or are interested in passively investing and being a part of our deal room, head over to our website at www.thompsonmultifamilygroup.com. Before you go, please leave a review. Your comments help us create more episodes for you to enjoy.